When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're gonna miss me when I'm gone! You're listening to Cobras and Fire, featuring special guest, Jizzy Pearl. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by Jizzy Pearl. Uh, Now, Jizzy, I was kind of debating on how to introduce you to the show. I mean, you're an author. We're going to be talking about your book today. Uh, But I like the way you kind of phrase it on your website. You know, you're the original singer of Love Hate. That's pretty much how what made you famous. But you've been in Rat, L.A. Guns, and you're currently fronting Quiet Riot. Uh, How how would you introduce yourself, I guess, is my question there. I think you did it splendidly. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that sounds uh that's, well i appreciate that uh <laughs> you mentioned you're still out in vegas uh is this is a good time of year to be in vegas isn't it it's a little cold not obviously as cold as where you are but uh yeah i mean i'm enjoying it you know in a, in about s- six months it's going to be like the surface of the sun so uh i'll be on the road by then so i won't I, okay. i'll miss that well, we're, we're looking at two years into the pandemic. Let me just knock this out of the way. Have you managed to get this far without contracting COVID, or did it get you? I I had it uh, last year, mm. yeah, and got over it. I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but uh, I didn't, you know what I mean? It wasn't anything life-threatening or anything sure. like that. All right. Um, well, with that time down... Um, Aside from writing this book, uh, what what did you do to keep busy? I talked to a lot of musicians that obviously it affected that your industry pretty heavily. So, how did you keep well, going? Well, yeah, busy? I mean, I think what it did was um, kind of give everyone a, a wake up call that uh, musicians have always been able to go to the apple tree if we needed a few apples, and uh, they dug up the tree, and there were you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I think that it gave everyone a good indicator of, of uh, what do you do when there's no gigs and there's no work, you know, you have to, uh, you have to diversify, you have to, uh, you know, 
think of other options, which is why one of the reasons why I wrote this new book. And but but was that main the the main focus of what you're doing? I know I guess I know you did some reprints of the the previous books as well. Um, but I, I guess what I'm getting at any painting uh, anything <laughs> you're stuck in the uh, the where you're living there you know. Uh, I did actually. I made another record. I made a a, a record that's coming out in March on Golden Robot. Um, it's called California. So actually, I, I reprinted my other books, and so yeah. All right. Uh, oh, fair enough. Um, I, I got to know Love Hate basically through the song Dope, but I actually didn't know Jizzy Pearl uh, until I want to say Metal Sludge. I started reading that in 98, 99. Do you get that a lot, that a lot of people know you? Um, they, they've heard of maybe Love, Hate, but they, they got to know you more as a, an individual through that site. I, I, I know you did a lot of like 20 questions and things of that nature. A lot of guys thought that I was the guy behind it. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> um, that was, but that was a long time ago. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, when, when Stevie was sort of anonymous, uh, there was questions, was it me or was it someone else or something like that? But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, when I joined LA guns the first time in 1997 or 1998, I think I reintroduced love hate music to a lot of people because we had sort of been forgotten. Mm-hmm. And so everyone sort of went back and revisited, you know, my earlier band and and um that probably helped you said that a lot of people accused you of running the site did how long into it did you did did you always know it was stevie no no um yeah so uh maybe it was me (laughs) i another thing you did that i that um you had a knack webcam in your apartment for a while i'm sorry if i'm taking you down memory lane this is the first time i have got you i promise we're going to be talking about the book here uh but i gotta tell you well first of all that was very cutting edge at least at the time there wasn't a lot of people doing stuff like that but i i myself remember watching Basically an empty, I don't know if it was a living room or something like that, for about 20 to 30 minutes before I, I kind of tapped out. Well, It was I on needed, 24-7, if I remember right. Right. I, I, I'm i always trying to market, you know, stuff. And I had that new book, which was, of course, an old book. And, uh, you know, I just, I had an idea, and those guys lent me some computers. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... I'm doing a YouTube channel now called J Pearl TV. It's the same thing. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to market my new book in a way that, you know, I can, I can have control. So uh, that's what I'm doing with the new YouTube site. I guess I don't, I don't want to get too much in the business side, but when you do the book yourself, you kind of really get a, a much bigger percentage, basically. I mean, uh, but is it is it well, I, I yeah, with the pallet of gotta, books outside your house too? You know. Yeah, but you got to put up the cash too, mm-hmm. right? You know? and yeah, you make the money, but you have to take the risk. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a trade off. Every one of your books is sold out prior to this, so you had to feel pretty good about it, right? Um, I'm glad people read, you know, <laughs> I, it's a, it's a lost art. Yeah, and, uh, I'm glad the people, I'm glad the people, well, I, I mean, in my 
fans or, or people in my general genre are older now anyway. So, so they're not going out partying as much as they used to. So, so they probably appreciate having a book, you know, to curl up with by the fire. The, these all these our legacy kind of acts are selling publishing. It just got me curious in prep for this. Who do you do you know who owns uh, Love Hates Publishing? Well, we all do. Or you you guys retained ownership of it? Yeah. A well, we signed a publishing deal, you know, thirty something years ago. So everyone's got a piece of those songs, but you can't you can't um, you own the publishing of the song. You don't own the recording. You understand? I do. So Columbia Records owns those recordings of Blackout in the Red Room, but they don't own the songs per se. So uh, I could, like Cleopatra Records did a thing for years where everyone went in and re-recorded their songs. So you're allowed to do that. But, Is that uh, the latest and greatest? That That's why you guys did yeah. that? Okay. Um, yeah. Did it, I mean, was it profitable? Well... I mean, it's a long time ago, man. I mean, I just... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, what about the last thing on Love, Hate, uh, at least as far as the original lineup, uh, do you keep in touch with any of those guys anymore? The, the original? Skid, John, Joey? The drummer, I do. The drummer, I talk to occasionally. The other guys, no. Okay. I don't. Um, I did catch Jizzy Pearl's Love, Hate on the Holodio tour, Uh I'd, I'd be fascinating to hear your take on the, the the whole hologram artist performance. Well, at the time, everyone was sort of bagging on it, but I was the opening band, so I felt it was my duty to defend it. Um, you know, mixed feelings about it. You know, I, I Whitney Houston, they're doing one in Vegas now of yeah. a hologram. I mean, I, I just, you know, I guess... If people want to go see it, then that's okay. If they don't want to go see it, then that's okay too. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, bands like us, Quiet Riot or Warrant or Night Ranger. People bag on it, but if you don't want to go, don't go. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that pretty easy. And if, you're, and if you're into it, you know, have a good time. So that's my feeling on it. I was a little. Um let down by the actual end product. I thought it would be a little more three-dimensional, more frontal, I guess. Um, and I, I was a little confused with the two singers. I mean, the, 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 there was a hologram tired or something like that. But um, Well... Did you get a better it, look at it, it maybe, getting up close? Um, you know, you're supposed to suspend reality. I get it, but... Okay, you're not supposed to sit there and... and I mean, you could sit there with a notebook and a clipboard... And pick the shit of apart, you know what I mean? It, it, but that's you're supposed to embrace the idea of Dio and 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 look, I toured with Dio for years, and I was friends with the guy. A few different times, correct? But, yeah. So I mean, I knew the guy. I hung with the guy. I drank booze with the guy. You know what I mean? So it was maybe weirder for me to see it. But then again, I realized that it's it's a theater piece. So, you know, take it for what it is. All right. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Quiet Riot uh, fires up, uh, I don't know, more gigs starting the end of February. Uh, pretty much goes through like summer based on the dates I looked at. 
are, are you, I guess with everything, it does seem like Omicron has kind of turned around. I hate to be a downer, but are any conversations or concerns about like going out in this environment right now? Um, that kind of well, stuff. Well, there's, you know, everyone takes precautions. Um, the meet and greets are completely weird and, 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 you know, cause there's, cause you're separated. Right. And, uh, so a lot of bands don't do them. We've done a couple and they're, they're just, they're not the same, obviously. And, you know, you just, when you're out on the road, you just have to take care of yourself. And if you take care of yourself, you won't get sick, hopefully. And that's kind of all you can do. You know, on that note, uh, your voice still sounds great. Uh, and it's, it's, it, the, your, your style of singing, frankly, isn't one that traditionally wears late in life. Uh, what, any, like, what do you do basically to, to keep yourself sounding sharp? And you, you, you look good too, you know? I just don't get, uh, I don't party like I used to. <laughs> uh, really? I mean, I, I take care of myself and, and, uh, I try and stay healthy and, and that's, uh, you know, I'm just lucky in the sense that, that there's been guys that I know that just don't have strong voices and they sound really good in the studio, you know, but when you get them out on the road doing two, three, four gigs in a row, they just, you know, they just don't have that kind of voice. So luckily I come from that Dio school of, of powerful lungs mm-hmm. and uh, I've held up. So that's, it's killer. You know, and everything with the turnover and Quiet Right, you kind of touched on a little bit. Like some people just want to bash on it. Um, overall, how are the how are the audiences been been digging the show since uh, Frankie's passed, especially? Well, obviously, having Rudy Sarzo back in the band does help a lot. Uh, it because people really, you know, people dig him and uh, they really want to see him, and uh, so that helps. And, you know, you're anyone that wants to go to a QR show or is interested, you're going to see Rudy. You're going to see the guy that you saw in the videos. I mean, he looks ageless. He looks exactly the same. And so uh, that, you know, he brings a lot. Um, You were actually in the band and then replaced for a bit by. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not being a dick. I just can't remember the kid's name. Um, The the American Idol guy. Uh, Anyway. What, what 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 was up with the split, and then uh, how did you end up coming back? I just didn't want to do it, and I wanted to do my own thing. And then um, Frankie got sick, and uh, I got a call, and um, you know he had cancer, and my and I have a history of my family with cancer, so I could I could you know relate, and I stepped back in. And we did a bunch of gigs with Frankie when he was sick, but it was uh, it was it was really good. You know, you wouldn't have known that he was sick because hmm. he played spot on. Yeah, and so we we did get that time together. You know, to sort of to you know reunite, and so that was great. That's cool, man. Uh, he was just a, a phenomenal drummer. Um, you do have a show booked up. Uh, it's, I think it's in May in Nashville, uh, a thing called Creatures Fest. Now, I don't know how heavy you dig into your itinerary. Are you aware of the show or, or do you know what it I've is? I've seen, I've seen the ad for it. Yeah. Now, now, have you ever met Vinnie Vincent? 
no. I know, I know. He's got this this reputation. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I think I think I'm optimistic for the show because of everybody else. I'll I'm not out trying to put you in the spot, Jizzy. This is my opinion. I don't think he's going to be there, but anyway, we'll see. You know, I hope he does. To be honest with you, it'd be kind of nice to see him come out and play. But uh, you know, I'm class. I'm a I'm a closet Kiss fan at this point. But uh, all right, let's get to your latest book, All the Devils. Now, you, you had three books prior to this. Uh, I got more Crickets and Friends, uh, Angst for the Memories, and Unhappy Endings. Did I get the titles and the order right? I have yes. read the first and third book. I had never got uh, angst for the memories, but uh, you just recently released them, so I re- reprinted them. So maybe I'll get a copy here. Your writing style um, is a lot of fun. Uh, you, you basically infuse fiction and, in fact, pretty much at certain points. I would say a little more heavy on fiction, but I, I'm not. I don't know. For to be honest with you, sometimes that's the fun of it. And I, I promise you, I say this complimentary, it's, it's a great bathroom read I, I, because you can just hammer through a quick chapter. You know what I mean? You might take a little longer to, to sleep with the copy you sent me. Obviously, prep for this. I didn't get to do it this time, but it's very much the, the same style of the other books. But I, I think you took it up a notch. I, uh, what was the inspiration and what do you want to say? Uh, you know, it's, it's just a continuation. Uh, but the person that's writing it now is a different person than he was back then. The The guy back in the day was kind of like a Viking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Swinging his sword and, and, you know, pulling into the village and, and raping and pillaging. And, uh, you know, those were good times. And those times are in the book. And, you know, they were good times. But it would be silly to be that guy at my age now. So I guess the stories are still going to be good and, and, you know, whatever shocking, but, but maybe not as, as quite as, as harsh as, as some of the other stuff in the other books. So, uh, because I'm a different person, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm older and wiser and, you know, married and, you know, in a different headspace. Sure. Uh, you, you definitely dig into the eighties LA band scene more than you do the other books, uh, which, which I, yeah, I personally enjoyed a lot of that. Uh, do, have you ever thought about writing a straight up Jizzy Pearl autobiography? Uh, not really. <laughs> I, I, I just, I come from that era. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost like I'm a war correspondent, you know, being able to tell people what it was like to be on the Sunset Strip during that Guns N' Roses era and before, you know what I mean, when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, be able to tell the tale. And so, you know, people do ask me, you know, what was it like? And so I think this book does give people a a good idea of, uh, you know, all the fun and games and the shenanigans and the highs and the lows, you know, because it was, it was competition. It was struggle. It was poverty. It was, it was drinking all night. It was danger, but you know what I mean? It was also getting the record deal and being able to, you know, open up for ACDC and Dio and Ozzy and, you know, on and on and on. I like that part where you were talking about, um, Oh, was it was a Nirvana documentary, and they were talking about them playing somewhere in London, and you're like, I've played there. 
uh, it, I don't know, it was relatable. I mean, you've you had to run into a lot of that. Well, in England, especially because I was more famous over there, I had a period of time when I was, you know, on the covers of magazines and, and it was, you know, it was pretty crazy. So, yeah, when when I talk about Nirvana going over there and, oh, my God, you know, they're, they're breaking big, they're selling out these big places, you know, it, it did bring back a little bit of, of remembrance for me because I was in the same, obviously they, you know, right. shot past me, but, uh, yeah, I was in that little bubble of, of fame at that time. Yeah, and I'll tell you from my, my own perspective as a, as, as, as a failed musician, I, I found a lot of your stories about the, the pre-signing stuff, uh, extremely relatable. It's, it's easy to laugh about it now, but I too was very uncomfortable selling tickets to my own shows. Well, the, the thing is, is, is at that time, and, and obviously you couldn't, you can't, you can read it, but you, you, you don't, you weren't there. Right. So you don't quite, I mean, it was like being in Vietnam because it was competition and it was combat and it was stress and it was struggle. You know, when, when, you're, when your ass is on the line and you're not really doing music for a hobby, you're doing it, you know, to cross over, to get a record deal. I mean, that's, that's, it's a mission. It isn't just, mm-hmm. it isn't just, well, if it doesn't happen, then I'll just go back to my UPS job. I mean, basically it was this or jump out the effing window. So, you know, everything's on the line and all your friends are getting record deals. And so, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, but at the end, there's a happy ending. You know what I mean? I got to make all that great music and, and got to experience all that stuff. Um, you, you talk about the four stages of super fans. Um, that one was, that, that was one of my favorite chapters. Was there, is there any story that you could share with me that you didn't put in the book? Like one of the, I want one of the crazy ones, I guess, but or something funny. Uh, you, the fandom is, is, is weird because sometimes I consider myself a super fan, but I'm probably more stage one. You know, there, I, it's just, it, it's an experience. <laughs> you know, when I could not understand what guys like Tommy Lee have to go through. You know what I mean? If Tommy Lee goes to the mall, it's just a whole different situation than if I go to the mall or if, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and he's used to it. And, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different time because the internet is so invasive. It's just different. I think back in the day, it was just different. Now with the internet, everybody wants to know everything about you right now. You know, the whole, they want the whole Wikipedia of you. And that's the difference is, is that, is that it's hard to, to have some mystery, you know, it's hard to, uh, to have something for yourself that you don't want to share with people because everybody, they just, they want to just push a couple of buttons and get you, mm-hmm. you know, you know, so it's, it's, it's weird times. I, I actually wonder sometimes, like if if this that access was available when I was, you know, like in my, my formative years, becoming a fan of all these bands that I was getting into, if um because I would have loved to have been able to get access to all these catalogs of all these artists in a quicker way, 
Um, but I don't know that I'd be as big a fan if I did. You know what I mean? I just. Uh, well, I think nowadays because of the internet, again, I just think, you know, bands are like Kleenex. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you you take a Kleenex and you listen to the band. And then when you're done with that Kleenex, you get another Kleenex. And so there is, there isn't, that's why bands like us or bands from my time, like the Skid Row, the Warrant, the LA Guns, that's why they're able to tour year after year after year and consistently do it is because there's a loyal fan base of, of people that they grew up with that stuff and they'll go to the shows and they'll buy the records. And so, you know, if, if they didn't go to the shows, then we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. I mean, I, we've got quiet riots got almost 40 or 50 shows right now. And then we may do even 60 or more shows this year. I mean, that's a lot of work Mm -hmm. for guys in their late nineties. You know what I mean? (laughs) I got to turn that nine around. Uh, um, (laughs) When was the last time you went flyering for a gig? I, I'm, I'm not suggesting it was recent, but yeah. No, I I don't. uh, Once I got my record deal, the flyering ended. So 1990. Hey, does that still happen in LA? Like, uh, I don't know. I actually, I would say no, because the city of West Hollywood, when it incorporated and became a city, they cracked down on the strip. The strip used to be, I mean, you used to be able to park easily. You used to be able to flyer and it was a mess every night. Mm-hmm. You used to be able to put flyers on telephone poles. Now, from what I heard, once the city incorporated they would just fine you, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, so no, you can't actually <laughs> do that kind of stuff anymore there. I asked because I was recently in Seattle, and they still do it there. And I don't think I could have appreciated the the way you described it. It's basically like a very almost like a phone book layer of of flyers around the these poles, man. Because uh, you know, a, a, a little boy from St. Paul, Minnesota, don't you know? I, you don't see a lot of that here. It's not quite. We use the windshield. Well, it's silly. <laughs> it, it, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. it's it's. But it was just sort of us marking our territory for whatever ten or fifteen minutes. You know, come see my band. Come see my band. We look exactly like the other band on the other flyer, but but trust trust me, we're a lot better. You know, it, it, it was it was a funny, silly time. In hindsight, it seems it was really more for you to show other bands what you were doing. Um, I, I don't I don't think anybody ever came to a show I played because a flyer I put somewhere. But I don't know. well, you did it because it was part of the job. You went out every True. night to network because there was no internet. I mean, it was the only word of mouth was the only way to get people to notice your band mm-hmm. you know what i mean so so it wasn't flyering and all that stuff it was a necessity back then mm-hmm. you know nowadays it, it of course it seems antiquated but uh you know that was the only way to get people to look at your band yeah uh you 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 brought up something in the book this isn't even a question i just wanted to share this with you uh, uh you apparently are a marianne guy i just wanted to go on the record that i'm ginger team ginger so all right. Well, hey, to each his own. <laughs> hey, at least we wouldn't be fighting for the same girl on the island. You know what I mean? No. Uh, uh, 
you brought it. You talk about your Jizzy Pearl message board. Um, I, I posted at least a handful of things on there. I actually thought message boards were fun, but uh, there was a dark side to those things at a, at a certain point. A little surprised to find out you got catfish, Jizzy. Jizzy. Yeah, once a long time ago, yeah. I was uh, back in my my back in my MySpace days. <laughs> Uh, the early days of catfishing, too, I would assume. But uh, was it even a term then? I don't think it was a term, but it, it to just it it happens. It happened to a lot of people, not just me. It happens to I, I know guys that it happened to too, and um, it's just girls pretending to be models, you know, trying to get some attention from rock guys. I mean, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, it still goes on. It's a weird, weird thing to, to even. I, I just uh, can't wrap my head around it. Um, how many pairs of crusty socks have uh, any of your women found in your couch? This is another, another book reference. No crusty socks for me. <laughs> no crusty socks for me. You, you're, you're referencing the mm-hmm. book. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is a chapter there's, in the book. A guy. Who... There's a story in this new book about, and and again, it's because. It's observational. My my wife watches some YouTube stuff about Swedish girls living in the wilderness, and uh, they've got millions of hits. And um, they make jewelry and watch me make a fire. And oh, I'm going to the well. This is how I get my water. And and it just seems it's it's very idyllic. And and of course, my story takes it to the creepy level. <laughs> as it should and um yeah yeah so uh, that's that's kind of where that goes well i i for listeners of our program the the crusty socks is definitely going to be a highlight of the book uh it's uh it's kind of been an on-running joke on uh, the jerk socks since our, our our show started that's that's where we're at uh as far as a level just as, as far as the 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 elevation of the humor. Yeah, exactly. We keep it. We keep the brow pretty low. Um, but uh, and and then you know we we cater to our audience. Apparently, uh, I guess that maybe a better way to look at it. Well, then if if that's what your audience is, then your audience should go out and buy my book because absolutely, it's definitely it, it's got Mo, Larry, and Curly. Mm-hmm. And it's only book. available at JizzyPearl.net, correct? Yeah, yeah. JizzyPearl.net is the website. And uh, J Pearl TV is my YouTube channel, so it's a it's a good way to connect for me and for people to uh, to to get into that sort of you know Monty Python ish type humor, which I dig. Absolutely, uh, I I do find the you know uh, the first writing I read of yours was actually on the original Love Hate website. I don't think it's around anymore, but you had kind of a a biography that you wrote of the band, kind of a, you know, uh, like a a small version, but it was, uh, the way you told it was very, I don't know. It's, it's easy to see how you got into writing a book, I guess is all I'm getting at there, but it was, you didn't hide any of the dirt, but it didn't also didn't come off malicious. You know what I mean? It was very believable. Well, at the time I was very malicious. Well, you you, you Um, put dirt out there, but, but you felt that you were being mean on purpose. No, I felt like, I needed to tell the truth a little bit. Yeah. That's all. That's what uh, came across as. Yeah. I mean, I look as far as, you know, being, being a screw up and, and stuff like that. I totally own everything I did in the past. You know, 
you know, when I, when I screw up, I own it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the process. Again, it's, it's, it's like the people that make fun of people that win the lottery and they screw up and they blow all the money and they say, Oh, if that was me, I would never (laughs) do that. I would save all my money. You know what? You wouldn't, you know, if you were opening on a stadium stage with ACDC, you would go a little crazy yourself, you know, with, with all the sex, drugs and rock and roll. You just would because it's there for the taking. You know what I mean? I mean, you're Fonzie for want of a better word. (laughs) And, uh, and so Fonzie can get in trouble, you know, very, uh, can you see very that? easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's kind of where that, <laughs> that, and, and, you know, in the love hate history was, was, that was a, that was me just wanting to, to get it out there. Mm-hmm. The, the good, the bad and the ugly. And, uh, yeah, you know, that was, again, a little while ago. Yeah. I, <laughs> I lost where I was going with that. Um, with uh, Love Hate, I thought that they could have been one of those bands, especially the timing. It, it, it's weird how you got lumped more in with uh, like the LA scene than where music was going. Because from my perspective, you you guys musically, image wise, everything uh, you had more in common with, say, Allison Chains and Soundgarden than you did Warrant or Poison. Uh, I thought you came from a more honest place. I, th- I'm, I just in, with the benefit of hindsight, I thought you would have. I, I I think he would have fit in better than than it ended up working out. I guess. Yeah, or we might not have happened at all. Sure. Well, there's that. But that's that's the that's you can't Monday morning quarterback stuff like that. You know, oh, if we'd have came out a year or two before, it what would it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, maybe a year or two before, one of us would have gotten you know jumped out a window or or you know, OD or something like that. I mean, it's just the rock gods give, give people certain amounts of fame and fortune and most guys don't get anything. So you have to be, you have to be satisfied with what they do give you. You know what I mean? And, and, and as for me, you know, 32 years and I'm still working. I make I make more money now than I did when I was had a million dollar contract on on CBS. So, so yeah, it's all good. And it's, it's it, does it ever feel? I don't know how to you guys in your position. The, I don't mean by that is that like uh, you had enough success to maintain a career. Does but now a lot of you're very hands on this late in your career. Does it does it ever feel? I don't know tiresome. Do you ever do you ever have days where you just go, this is just not worth it, or? Is it just a, a passion that never you, goes away? You mean music? Just in general, like everything you're doing, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot to to keep up with, you know, just your day-to-day stuff, writing a book, doing the self-publishing, touring no, with Quiet Riot. Answer to your question is, is, is hell no. Okay. Um, I'm totally blessed to be doing what I'm doing. You know, everybody... Everybody has stress in their lives. Everybody, I mean, the lockdown, you know, a lot of people lost their businesses, lost their livelihoods. You know, I just couldn't gig for a year. I mean, that boo-hoo, you know what I mean? <laughs> Fair you enough. Know, maybe it, for people that don't have any money or don't have any saved money or don't have any, you know, nest egg or whatever, yeah, probably a pretty scary time, but uh, I'm 
totally blessed to be able to just do what I want to do artistically. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's killer. And you touched on this a little bit in the book, I think right at the beginning, but uh, I, I can attest, I can agree. Uh, it really, you find out how well you married pretty quickly when you're stuck home alone for a few weeks. Um, and uh, well, it worked out for me. It sounds like it yeah. did for you too. Well, yeah, you know, having a good marriage is definitely better than having a shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bumper sticker for you. All right. Well, I do highly recommend the book uh, to anybody that that uh, checked the, checked out this interview. And fans of Jizzy, if you've read any of his other books, I think you're going to be blown away by this one. It's much better. And I loved them all, so that wasn't a shot. Uh, but yeah, go to jizzypearl.net. Uh, get every, all you can get links to everything. You mentioned the YouTube channel that you just uh, somewhat recently launched, correct? Uh, is you, any big surprises coming in there for you? I see you're kind of adding all the records. Well, Jizzo's Hollywood Stories. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I talk, I, I talk about how I hung on the Hollywood sign. I mean, it's a good story, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm starting to do some of these Hollywood stories, and it's and it's just a visual of stuff that could be in the books you know what i mean it's just me sort of being video guy you know what i mean and and like i said it's a good way to pimp my own books but it's also a good way to express you know what i mean and once i start going on the road i'll do more tour related stuff and you know what i mean mm-hmm. people people like that i mean they like to see you know, the travel and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's fun and uh, it's enjoyable. Absolutely. Uh, anything in the works for Jizzy Pearl's Love Hate? Well, my record comes out in March and uh, it's a good record. You know, it's, it's better than my Frontiers record, which was good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it. I'm proud of it. And uh, there's been a couple of songs leaked out uh, over the months and um yeah i think it's a great record and so yeah that'll be out in uh about a month i, want, I wanted to ask you on that uh hologram dio tour uh who was the in the band with you i had one of my vegas guys on bass i had mike dubke on drums uh he's i've played with him before he was in wasp for a while and he he uh He's great. And I had my English guitar player, Stevie Pierce, who flew out from London and he did the tour with me. And um, yeah, that was it. All right on. Um, well, yeah. Anything else you want to plug? This has been a lot of fun. Uh, but JizzyPearl.net for the books and TV for the YouTube channel. And um, subscribe. I, you know, I, I got to be one of those notif- right. get the notification guys, yeah. hit the bell guys. I always forget that. I, I always hate when people do that, but now that I'm in it, I know why they do it. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and if you happen to be watching this video, people at home, make sure you hit the uh, the subscribe button at the bottom there. So, anyway, yeah, <laughs> so you get notifications of all this great stuff. Uh, a lot of jerk sock stories coming without Jizzy Pearl involved. So anyway, uh, well, Jizzy, this has been fun. Um, uh, I've I've looked forward to this. Uh, like I said, I'm a bit of a fan. Uh, I, I followed your career. Uh, I've I've seen you with Rat a handful of times. Got to see Love Hate in '98 with Dio at a. Maybe you remember this only because of what the the fucking place was. It was, it was Medina, Minnesota. 
but you would only the remember, giant, yeah, you, remember above a bowling alley. The, the stage was upstairs underneath people were bowling while you're playing. Now, did you even get a chance to see that? It's just a weird thing. So many gigs. <laughs> well, like I said, it, 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 it's only notable for that because it's basically in the sticks. It's barely in the metro area. But anyway, uh, with, so, with the live deal. With the live, yes, that was with the live deal. Although it had kind of a small stage and a and, and a short ceiling there too. I didn't get a good good look at him that day. Uh, you know, he's uh, his voice uh, is taller than he is, I guess. But. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. But uh, yeah, it's true. All right, Jizzy, uh, you have a good night and uh, all the best, man. Peace. I'll email you a link. You can share, do all the good stuff if you want to do with it. But uh, hey, good luck right. with the book. Good luck with everything. I might, I might see you with Quiet Riot this summer. If I do, I'll say hello. Bye bye. Okay, take it easy, man. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.